0: Welcome to Parse, the official podcast of the Elaheo Midjar Mirjalali Institute of Iranian Studies at the University of Toronto. In Persian, Parse means strolling or wandering around as an observer of contemporary life and modernity. In a similar spirit, our podcast Parse aims to take our listeners on an intellectual stroll in the field of Iranian studies, where they can listen to different ideas from leading thinkers, academics activists, and authors in the discipline. Our podcast will provide thought-provoking excerpts from lectures and seminars organized by the Iranian Studies Institute at U of D to make the extensive work we do with our partners more accessible to academics and non-academics alike across Canada and beyond. The 39th episode of Parse is an excerpt of a presentation given by Parvane Pourshariati in the Zoroastrian Studies Symposium in honor of Ervard Dr. Jahan Bagli which took place at U of T on September 9th, 2023. Professor Shariati expounds on her research on the Mazdakide revolution in late antique Iran and its relation to later Mithraeus and Khurramite movements. For context, Mazdak was a Zoroastrian priest and prophet who sought to reform the existing Zoroastrian clergy and their influence on the Sasanian aristocracy, whom he believed had amassed too much undeserved power and wealth over the poor masses. The Mazdakite uprising was crushed eventually in the 520s AD, and Mazdak was brutally executed. But his worldview influenced the Khurramites, some centuries later who resisted Abbasid rule for 20 years in the aftermath of the Muslim conquests of Iran Parvanepul Shariati is a historian that specializes in late antique early medieval and modern histories of Iran and the Middle East she's an associate professor of history at New York City College of Technology CUNY and former president of the Association for the study of Persian and Societies Before joining CUNY in 2014, she was a professor at Ohio State University for 14 years. Her major work, Decline and Fall of the Sasanian Empire, published in 2008, has been translated into Persian and Arabic and is one of the most eminent sources of Sasanian history in recent years. The
1: Mazdakite uprising has been the topic of much research and interest through the past century at least. The literature is so elaborate that one cannot properly address these here. So what follows is yet another perspective viewing the so-called communist revolution of the Mazdakites from the prism of the historical events that engulfed uh, Sasanian kings and Parthian dynastic families during the first rule of the Sasanian king Gavad that is from 488 to 496. So as we have um, extensively argued elsewhere, the Parthian dynastic families were major forces in the Sasanian Empire. Forces that quite often actually decided the succession of the kings, succession of the kings. having their lands in the four corners of Iran, especially from northeast. To the northwest, they included these families, these Parthian families during the Sasanian period, included the Esbapodan, the Kanorankian, along with the Karans, the Mehrans, and the Surens, all can be charged with being intimately involved in Sasanian kingship. Um, these are the, the lands in which these various party and families are thought to have lived during the Sasanian period. Um, I shall be arguing here today that the Mazdakite uprising was in fact an IR. Mithraist movement that was unleashed by the dynastic forces of the Parthian Mehran family, especially the dynastic figure of Shapur Rirazi, against the suffocating hold that the forces of the Parthian dynasty, Karanids, had on Sasanian crown. For the rule of Kavad, in particular, we are dealing with two major Dynastic figures in the entourage of the king. Sohra, the Karanid, and Shapur-Razi, the Mehranid. In the last decades of the sixth century, droughts had come to decimate the land. Vegetation, cattle, people, and people alike. Earthquakes had erupted in Iran and the rest of Western Asia. This is at the last decades of fifth century. For the population of Sasanian Empire, as for the Eastern Romans, these were woeful times. Among other matters, drought had led to migration movements, not only towards the Sasanian Empire, but towards Byzantium as well. The Germanic migration had created havoc for what had been the Western Roman Empire in 476 and for what was to become shortly thereafter the Eastern Roman Empire, i.e. Byzantium. In the Sasanian Empire, with the Heftalites, the Kidarites, and other eastern Iranian people gathering on the northeastern borders of the empire, wars had been in full swing. A formidable coalition of dynasts, most among whom was the Parthian Mehranids. Had brought the Sasanian king Piruz, the father of King Kavad, to power in 459 to begin with. Piruz, the father of Kavad, however, had lost his life in what the sources depict as his last foolhardy war against the Hephthalites. His family and treasury and his young son Kavad having fallen hostage into the hands of the enemy. In 484, 488, therefore, it is the Parthian Karanid Sohra who puts Valash in power and in what the sources portray as a heroic feat, Sukhra gathers a strong army this is important, from among the other Parthian houses and nobility, and sets out against the Hephthalites. This he does, and rescues the king's family, including his younger son, Awad, and retrieves the royal treasury. Once back in Tisphoon, Sohra deposes Valash, arguing that he does not know the ways of kingship. Subsequently, Sohra puts the young Kavad on the throne in 488. During the first part of Kavad's rule, that is from 488 to 496, really the last decade of of the 5th century, um, whatever action one attributes to royal decrees or royal activity of Kavad, should in fact be attributed to the Parthian Quranid Sokhra, his family, and his dynasty. All our foreign and native sources, including the traditions in Arabic or in Persian, testify to this and go into the details of the Quran's power. I, I beg you to. Uh, Bear with me as I articulate the political dimensions of the of the of the Mazakite uprising. Given the very favorable depiction of Sohrab during this period of House Sasan's rule, one can justifiably argue that the Karans were responsible, in fact, for composing this part of the Khodaynameh tradition, in which the Karans and Sohrab get the best representation of all. Sohra here becomes the hero responsible for restoring the Sasanian kingship. Tabari informs us that all the other grandees of the empire are at, the, at Sohra's command. All the affairs of the country are under his control. It was as if Kavad was not the king. People came to Sohra and for all their affairs, treating Qawad as a person of no importance and regarding his commands with contempt. Through war, booty, and taxation, the Kharens amassed substantial more wealth in their treasuries. They had, in fact, the royal treasury of the Sasanians under their control. Now, Dusi, among other sources, informs us that five-year into the kingship of Sohra, the young Kavad becomes astute and of age. Those privy to the king ask him, why this complacency? The young uh, Kavad replies that, and this is very important, Kavad replies that he does not possess an army or an army or a commander-in-chief for that matter with which to confront the forces of Sohra. The Sasanian king had no army of its own. He is then reminded, however, the Sassanian king that is is reminded then that he does in fact still possess royal subjects, loyal subjects who are actually royal also, loyal subjects who are powerful and have a strong army at their disposal, um, uh, who are powerful and have a strong army at their disposal who will happily aid him. Who were these loyal subjects of the king? Well, these were yet another powerful Parthian house, House Mehran of Wray, under the command of Shapur Razi. I argue in in a later in, in my previous work that the Mehrans are, in fact, as their name, the theophoric name, um, just uh, substantiates. They are actually Mehr worshippers and Mitra worshippers. Um, Dinevari clearly identifies in the shapur e razi as one of the son, sons of the great Mehrans and Qavod's Governor over Chaldaea and Babylonia, both in Mesopotamia, Tabari identifies Shapur Razi as the supreme commander of the land, as does Ferdowsi in his long narrative. That Shapur-e Razi asked to come to the king with the troops under his command, as he, as the king had no army to speak of. It is crucial to underline the significant fact that Avod had no army of his own. Ferdosi leaves us no doubt that in his recall of Shapur-e Razi. Gavot was in fact relying on one of the staunchest enemies of Khosrow. So here is a, is a, a sort of a, a rivalry between the house Mehran, two Parthian houses, one house Mehran and one House um, house Karen. House Karen having total control over the young Sasanian king Avad during the first part of his reign, at which point enters Shapur Razi. So, together with his army, Shapur Razi is said to have collected that of the armies of other discontented, discontented nobles. So in other words, Sohra Karen has also control over the armies of the Sasanian kings and sets out against Sohra to Shiraz. Of course, here it is anachronistically Shiraz. Sohra is then defeated, captured and brought back to Ctesiphon uh, together with his treasury. It is at this point, I argue that the Mazdakite uprising is unleashed. And it is who unleashes the so-called Mazdakite uprising. In what follows, I shall propose to you that it is in the dynastic rivalry of the Mehrans on behalf of Qavod against the Karanid Sohra, uh, that we must seek the origins of the Mazdakite uprising. Two issues have particularly been vexing scholar- to scholarship. Around these issues, a consensus has been formed. To begin with, it is agreed by scholarly consensus that the Masakite uprising was the first communist movement in world history. At the heart of the issue, we are told, was the redistribution of the wealth and the property in a just manner in the face of injustices committed by the nobility, in in this instance, including the Parthian Karanid dynasty. This ostensible communism of the Mazdakites is supposed to have acted as a as a casus belli or casus belli, belli uh, for the revolt, an uprising against a vague class of the so called nobility, according to other scholar, scholarly consensus. Elite uh, antique and medieval detractors of the Mazdakites also accused them of a second practice namely Ibaha al-Nisa, sharing of wives. So much so that as a result of the matrimony of the Mazdakites with the uh, wives of the nobility, a lesser class of uh, bastard class of nobility is said to have been created on the heels of the Ma- Mazdakite uprisings.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Parse. Your support is invaluable to us. To like, share, or listen to our latest episodes, please head to our pages on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. To watch the complete seminars, please head to the Elahu Midyar Mujalali Institute for Iranian Studies website and YouTube page, which are linked in the description. See you again on our next episode.